Hello and welcome to another episode of The Philosophy Guy. Brendan here, your host. So today is going to be an episode on a certain type of thinking, and that is creative thinking. So now I know this episode doesn't have, you know, it might at first glance at least it might not have this seeming direct relation to philosophy or or at least relation to the other episodes, but I'm going to try to persuade you here before you click off <laughs> that it is related and why I've kind of chosen to do this. However, because like, as you might know, if you've been listening for a while, the show is about thinking in general, uh, taking insights from the world, ideas, philosophies, knowledge, and using it to think about things. You know, so that's kind of why my motivation to using pop culture items and speaking of pop, pop culture items. Uh, I'm going to be planning to release an episode on the Joker, or sorry, just Joker, um, the new the new film. I plan to release that before I leave on a little vacation. Um, I'm also planning to get another episode done to release while I'm on vacation, so because I've been kind of at, on this schedule of at least one a week, I'm trying to get to at least two a week. But I'm trying to at least maintain that at least one a week, so I don't have these weird two week breaks. But anyway, want to announce that. But back to kind of persuading you why this is important, right? Because my whole spiel is not only like current events and, and taking ideas from public figures and taking ideas to think about the world and using pop culture, using books and and analyzing arguments and blah, 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 right? That's kind of the, the gist of my show because I think other shows kind of accomplish like, uh, for example, Philosophize This. I know this is a common one that people know. They're already... He's, Stephen West, Stephen West is already accomplishing this this method of you know going through schools of thought. This thinker like Aristotle, going through all of his ideas and explaining his ideas and and why he thinks they're interesting, stuff like that. Where I'm trying to more so do something a little bit different because I'm not trying to copy anyone, right? Uh, I try to make it so that you're thinking about the world through this various lenses and being aware of various arguments, being aware of various biases, even, so I guess in in a sense that my show isn't just about philosophy, it's also about psychology and just real world events and all that stuff, and we're going to be getting into that stuff more and more, because as as I move, I'm still doing the pop culture stuff, but as I move away and more into other areas of life, uh, so I want to work on doing that, and this is is an example of that, it's a new uh, idea and something I want to put forward, and creative thinking, I think it's something that is neglected. And I struggle looking through this lens as well, because I think it is a lens that we can train ourselves to look through. And that is creative thinking, thinking outside the box in a sense, allowing our imaginations to run mad, right? So why is this important, you might ask? Well, it can bring you to an understanding, new understanding of the world and about yourself and our place in it. So now I know some are of the mindset that creative thinking, you know, that's something you're just born with, right? And I kind of fall into that thinking sometimes where like, you know, you see someone, they're just naturally talented at art or naturally talented at making films or doing photography or writing where I have to like really, like I'm I'm a, basically a full-time writer and that's what I get paid to do. Uh, <laughs> like I have to like really focus on it. I just don't have this natural creative instinct, right? And I'm like, some people just just have that. And I do think they do to some extent. Some people just have a knack for it. But something that we forget, and I have to remind myself of this, is that it's still a very learnable skill that is helpful for thinking about the world. And another another thought you might be having is, you know, this sounds very self-helpy, Brendan. You know, you're just you're a sellout. You're turning into one of those self-helpy people. Blah, 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 blah. Well, 
it kind of is, but it's uh, it's relevant to the show and relevant for understanding philosophy and your life and thinking about the world and using your reason and yada yada. Thinking of new perspectives in philosophy requires some creative thinking. So I thought it would be important to discuss today, but I want to add a clarifier. I'm not not some kind of self-help guru by any means. I struggle to keep my life in order just as much as the next person. And I say this a lot as anyone that's been continually listening, you know, and this is for new listeners, because I say this, like I said, one, for the new listeners, but two, sometimes podcasts that only only do, because I don't only do self-help, as you might know, but some shows that's that is like their whole spiel. Like that's that's what they do. They do self-help. They can be, it can be a turnoff where they come across, where they turn up because you just get this impression that they make it sound so easy and they, they give off this impression that everyone should just have no problem doing this stuff. You know, I did it. You should just be able to do it too. Just buckle down and do it. You know, some people don't like to hear that. You know, some people, that doesn't work for them. That actually deters them and, and prevents them from being able to do it. So I like to give off this kind of more honest impression and honest kind of understanding that, hey, you know, I am struggling with this too. So <clears throat> I'm here to tell you this type of stuff isn't easy to do is what I'm trying to say. But I'll struggle with you along the way. But let's try to figure out this kind of thing of life out together and thinking about life out together. And uh, yeah, so but before we begin, as always, thanks for listening. And uh, please leave a review. It helps, you know, iTunes recognize my podcast. And plus, it's it's very persuasive to have a good reviews when people stumble upon my podcast. So then you have the Patreon bonus episode feed where you can have more content that I'll continue to update. And that's only five bucks a month. And that's really helpful. I can spend more time on the podcast and brainstorm and try different things and do more ideas and definitely more apt to get to that two episode a week and even more than that. So that's that's a super helpful way. Other ways you can help out the show because everyone's situation is different is using the Amazon link. You know, you can check out the merch store and honestly just sharing the podcast with your family and friends is super helpful. I mean, podcasting, the podcasting world, you know, I'm trying to build a YouTube channel, which you should also check that out. But podcasting is, you know, they don't have the same kind of algorithms, algorithmic, is that the right word to use? Algorithmic system that... YouTube has. So podcasting is very much about self-promoting and getting your name out there, especially because I've started this, although I'm really happy with what I built in this podcast. I've, uh, you know, I basically built it without a name to myself or some people started podcasts, they already have a name, so it's easy for them to grow. But me, I have to really rely on kind of organic growth and, orga- and, and stuff like that. So let's get into it. So our imaginations, our imaginations can can mold reality if we allow our minds to break into this kind of state of creative thinking, okay? And our thinking process affects everything we do from solving problems to understanding our internal compass of meaning, value, and, and purpose. But understanding our thinking process isn't the only important mindset to to understand, right? We must kind of allow, we must allow our imagination to go where it must to find those kind of new thinking perspectives that spawn, you know, innovative and creative ideas. We cannot, you know, basically the point is we cannot create change at a high level unless we train ourselves to think and imagine appropriately. And that's and that's thinking and imagining with kind of a touch of madness, as I like to call it. And I like using the word madness because sometimes our society, we seem to deem something, you know, crazy and, and mad simply because, you know, just because it's different. 
but sometimes a different perspective is exactly what we need. So maybe we need some madness in our thinking and not just kind of follow along with what society tells us the way we should think about things, right? That's kind of the idea. So this idea might bring you to the understanding that the information we consume is of utmost importance. But we have to reconcile with how our minds decide to process the information we consume. We we must come to kind of understand our minds, our thinking process, so we can then understand how to to take our perspective outside the box to gain this new imaginative understanding, right? So let's consider the significance of habits in this thinking and how it affects our thinking. So psychology today shows how human beings, we're, we're drawn to placing ourselves into comfortable loops, you know, these continuous loops around and around and around, forming a routine to receive just enough of a reward that we maintain that loop and we continue that cycle. We continue going round and round and round. So thinking about this, we fill life with kind of, what's the word? We fill it with trigger points that set off a routine. You know, you graduate from college, trigger, that's a loop. You have to get a, get a job, trigger, puts you forward into a loop. And these trigger points compel our actions into these loops. They, you know, they trigger into, basically you have these trigger points that trigger you into this next stage and then you enter that loop and you're in that loop for a while and that loop for a while and then finally you get propelled into that next trigger point where you move into another loop. It's just kind of constant state of new loops, new loops, new loops, right? But what keeps us in those loops, right? What, why, what, why do we sometimes miss those trigger points? It's just, we, we're, we're in just enough safety, conformity, comfort and we have just enough reward structure within that those loops to keep us in place just enough rewards you know for example your job right you keep in that loop because you see yourself okay i'm i'm moving up i get they give me a pay raise i get a little bit more paid vacation and, and i continue in that loop right i'm working towards something i can i'm saving for retirement i'm able to buy a house now and maybe i'm getting out of a little debt that loop 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 then college, you know, you enter college, you enter a loop of college. You're going through the motions of that. You're going to class. You're studying hard, right? Well, what is the reward structure? Well, I need to graduate to enter the next loop. So it's these various trigger points in these various loops. And, you know, I'll say at the end here as well, I'll explain a little bit better, but I want to say for anyone that's like, well, these loops are important and, you know, yes, they are. <laughs> like, they are important, but the point is, is it's not constantly have your mind within those loops. That's kind of the point I'm trying to get across. So like I said, maybe the reward is, maybe it's your paycheck or maybe it's just the small relief of just simply getting out of work or the fear of what would happen if you lose that job. These reasons we'll tell ourselves, or or these are reasons we tell ourselves to keep us in those loops, those routines. That routine, it keeps us comfortable. That routine, that habit allows us to relax and not think about the dangers outside of the routine. So it will enable us to conserve our mental kind of sanity to, to, to some extent, right? It keeps us in, in a state of order out of fear of risking that order. And, and so we don't fall into a, into a state of chaos. But does this come at a cost? See, these routines we find ourselves in is an extension of how our brains work. This physical routine structure makes it an extension for how our minds think. We, we, we think in habits or we live in habits. We think in patterns. But if we fail to be mindful of these loops that we're in, that we find ourselves in, we find ourselves being closed off to new perspectives that can propel us 
or propel our lives forward. And like I said, I want to add another clarifier. I live in loops too, but recognizing the loops makes you recognize an unhealthy loop, or at least you're more apt to, right? So where does thinking with madness come in? Like, why is this important? Where, where does this insight come in, right? So like those typical patterns, we operate in through life. You know, you're going to work, your daily routine, using the same coffee shop, going to the gym. Those habits, those routines are an extension from our brain. Those constructed patterns exist in our minds. But sometimes we allow ourselves to divulge into a, a little bit of madness. Allow ourselves to set aside the normal for some free patternless thinking. So we let let your imagination run free. Let your mind become a little chaotic. Let it be a little bit uncomfortable even. So consider the famous 19th century French writer, Julius, I don't, I don't even think that's Julius, because I don't know in French, Julius, Hule. Don't ask, I'm terrible at pronouncing names in various languages. But anyway, Verne, he's a famous writer, and I've just never heard his name pronounced, and I wrote it down, and I did not look up the pronunciation, so apologies in advance. But anyway, in his series of writing throughout his career, he developed stories about how the human race might live in the future, right? He's kind of this future-thinking writer. So in writing, he wouldn't worry about the technicalities and what he was describing. He wouldn't worry about the realistic possibilities in it, right? He wouldn't... He wouldn't keep his mind in those kind of continuous loops of thinking or, or how society tells him how to think and how to, what to follow. He allowed his mind to run free the way he wanted to. He let his mind run mad. So technology, the future, the possibility of innovation fascinated Verne. He didn't want to allow his thinking to get caught up with all the, the, the how questions. That's a mental pattern we are trained to think in, the how, being being all practical, right? How does this relate to the world and yada, yada, He wanted to allow his mind to think about the way things could be, whether it would be, be soon or, or in the far out future. So here's a quote from him that I found very, very interesting and a, and a good way to think about this. So here it is. So strange is imagination. All I thought of was some childish hypothesis or other. In such circumstances, you do not choose your own thoughts. They overcome you. So this is him discussing his, his state of imagination and creative thinking. So even though he would often come back around to those how questions after he was in that mindset, he would come back to those how questions. He would begin with kind of this, with a mental intention of madness to allow his creativity to run mad. Then you can go back and organize those kind of innovative and different and out of the norm thoughts into a more interesting, coherent story and understanding or idea. So, what was the outcome of his of his successful novel writing? Well, in in eighteen sixty five, he published "From the Earth to the Moon," where he explored the idea of humans landing on the moon. In eighteen sixty five, he explored this. He allowed his imagination to run mad, to dream, and create visions of the future. Landing on the moon was laughable at the time. The available technology was far behind on the capability of such a feat, right? So where did his thinking of madness get him? You know, what what reward? Not only was he a very successful writer, and but also, as we all know, we did land on the moon about 100 years later. Now, I'm not saying he, like, made some invention that helped us land on the moon, but, but that dream, 
of landing on the moon was in large part imagined by Verne himself. He entered it. He entered that mindset, that understanding of wait, maybe maybe we could land on the moon. He put that mindset into the public eye, into society. He made that reality, that mind that maybe this is possible. He inserted it into the mind of society. Why? Because he was willing to be creative in his thinking. He dared to go beyond the mental patterns, beyond the mental patterns we're told to follow and enter into a state of madness. The creative madness that led to his interesting insight became part of the world. It bled into the reality we live by. But if he would have stayed in those in those loops, those continuous loops we follow, he likely would have never even considered something so out of the ordinary, so strange, so unaccepted. Part of his of this creative understanding is simply being willing to think beyond the accepted norms. So what was the recognition of his creativity? You know, where so I guess my point is, are people recognizing his effort in a sense to put this into the public eye? Well, NASA named a crater on the moon in his name. The European Space Agency would later launch uh, his name into space on a spacecraft, all done to give thanks to a man who just wanted to allow his mind to break from those habitual loops and think with a bit of madness. Those formulated mental patterns, like I said, they keep us comfortable. They keep us thinking within a mindset of our previous experience. But to unleash our creativity or find a new understanding of the world, we have to think a little mad. We have to allow our minds to break our habitual pattern of thinking into an outburst of the creative madness. So think about it. How many great inventions were seen as like a sort of terrible idea before they took the world by storm, essentially? It took someone thinking in a mindset of madness to come up with it, right? Inventions that were seen. So here's some here's some inventions that were seen as kind of a work of just just dumb madness, right? That's what society said. Just imagine like some silly, it kind of <laughs> ignorant person of, of uh, let's say the 1800s or the early 1900s or whatever new invention I'm about to mention here. And, you know, they're just saying, you know, that's a silly invention. So automobiles. Those were seen as silly. Cell phones for a while. Those were seen as silly. Like, oh, we have a phone at home. Why do we need one on the go, right? Airplanes, spacecraft, television, and the internet. I, I just know there's this clip of, oh, I wish I remember what channel it was on. I think ABC. ABC has a clip, old clip in the 1990s where they're talking about the internet. And the 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 hosts of the show were just like really confused. Like, what is this internet thing? And just just imagine this is always continually happening. Our generation is going to do that to some new invention. But the point is, is that once people realize that this madness actually has a lots of insight, they embrace it. So all were all, all these were seen as useless creations made by some mad humans by society, but were soon loved for their empowering innovation. So I guess sometimes we need to allow a little mad creativity in our into our state of mind to give us the potential to to think about things in a different way. And I'm not saying this is just useful for inventions. I mention those inventions just because they're kind of they're kind of easy examples for people to accept and be like, oh, you know, like yeah, this this is something I should consider doing, right? Uh, but it's also important for ideas and uh, thinking about new arguments and thinking about what your perspective on life and why you hold your values and that type of things. Like, why do I hold certain things that I hold true? 
I think creative thinking also helps insight into that and new innovative ways to think of that. So even in art, famous artists transform. They go beyond the norm. They paint, draw, and write with the sense of madness. The most famous painters typically went out of the ordinary of their time period or out of the the expected norm of that time period. They break from their mental loops to rethink beyond the ordinary to create something memorable and extraordinary. They create history. So our minds, the way our brains think, develop some uh, similar patterns. This makes it difficult to change our mind about things we're used to. But these mental habits of thinking in loops leads us to think about various thoughts and ideas with one mindset, culture's very own orthodox way of thinking about things. It's like we have this sort of almost hive mind of of thinking and everyone, no one really wanted to be different. No one wants to think about it different because, you know, that's that's a little bit chaotic and a little bit uncomfortable and a little bit, you know, there's a state of fear there, right? But we must be mindful to bring ourselves into a mindset of considering the unorthodox. And maybe those unorthodox things that society doesn't accept, maybe they have something interesting to tell us and something important to follow and some value, right? So, you know, what should you take away from this episode and why is it important and blah, blah, blah? Well, so although this is not to say these kind of mental loops we live by are purely bad, I kind of mentioned this before. So, like I said, you know, loops, they, they keep us in a sort of, of rhythm. Routines can help us be productive but we must acknowledge the limitations of those mental loops. It's not like you should just always follow those mental loops. It's kind of this sense of absolute, right? Where you don't just need to follow the mental loops. You need to consider, wait, 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 are my mental loops valuable right now? And it's sometimes breaking out of those mental loops for us to recognize that mental loop was actually kind of screwing with us, causing us problems. So by understanding the constraints, overpowering those mental loops at the right moments, That allows us to find new ways of thinking about things. It will enable us to discover new ideas and new interpretations of everything around us. So breaking beyond our kind of mental patterns, finding a new way to analyze a thought or idea can bring us a new creative understanding of an idea or innovation. This mindset of madness can be beneficial in your job, education, and knowledge of of life itself. So remember this. Our collective imaginations are the thinking mechanism that molds reality. Our mental habits find their way into our conscious and subconscious. Our brain seeks out patterns to limit the cognitive load on our minds. Maintaining one single mental loop limits our ability and what we can comprehend in the world. So to accurately assess a variety of information and ideas, we must train our minds to develop a new psychological mindset to adapt our thinking. We need to allow ourselves to break those loops when the opportunity calls for it. And I think one way to help do this, some, some actionable advice to take away today, is question your assumptions. I do this almost too much, I think, sometimes. So there, this goes in the opposite direction. We can be in too many loops and we can be too much questioning sometimes. I do think there's a a healthy balance, I guess you could say. So everything I do, you know, a thought pops up right into my mind, a sort of impression, a, a judgment or assumption I make about someone or something. And I wonder, you know, why? Why did my mind want to do that? Where does that desire coming from? Why did I assume something I cannot be certain of? Then that leads to the next thought, you know, what what coding brought me to that? And it makes you realize you unconsciously follow your assumptions until you make a conscious effort not to. Like it took me saying, wait, you know, why am I doing this? Why am I making this assumption? 
let me analyze that assumption. Oh, that, that assumption's kind of fucked up. Maybe I shouldn't do that. So, it, But it took a conscious effort on my part to actually do that, right? So how does this relate to creative thinking? Well, assumptions can get in the way of that. Assumptions are your mind's way of making those kind of most direct route to understanding, solving, or considering something. So think about judgments. When we meet someone, even if we try not to, we make assumptions based on such as, you know, appearances, sound of their voice, occupation, age, height, their smile, their smell, and the list goes on and on and on. We make assumptions off that information we take in from them. But our mind is, when we take in that information, our mind has like this set loop of how we take that information in. Our mind is bringing us to the most direct route for an answer that our mind is just going to be, you know, it's going to be just chill with, right? But starting the process to allow our mind to imagine, think creatively and break our loops is, is about moving laterally. So those assumptions I just mentioned about, let's say, the easy example is like when you judge someone, when you just meet them and you make a judgment about them. You make these direct assumptions. It's a more direct line. But no, you need to consider next time, think laterally about it. Denying those initial assumptions, being like, okay, that direct route I took with my mind, you know, thinking, oh, wait, you know, what, what, what makes me honestly think kind of these kind of, honestly, from the example I gave, these shallow analysis of someone provides me a truly valuable insight into who that person is as an actual person. It doesn't. Those, those assumptions are made from a previous bias that can be loaded with bad mental shortcuts. So my point is this, simply questioning those initial assumptions, recognize when you make them, and that can be great start to decoding your mind to be able to think a little mad and gain valuable insights. Like I said, you're not making the direct route, you move a little bit louder and you're like, hmm, you know, maybe I should do it this way. And then you're be able to more uh, accurately consider, you know, what, what should I actually be judging? Or maybe I should wait to have them talk to me and get a little bit more insight about them and stuff like that. The point is, is like you decode and the next time you, you're making maybe less harmful assumptions. That's kind of just a very over-simplistic example. It might not make a whole lot of sense, but anyway. So be, the point is being able to shift your way of thinking won't fix everything in life. It won't even provide you with a full picture and understanding of ideas. But it is a valuable tool for understanding the world around you. Learning to adapt your mental mindset when needed to get a little creative madness going, this ability to adjust, this ability to change the way you think is helpful for creating new mental patterns to find your next new idea that can mold reality, your new perspective, your new acceptance of life, your new understanding of your life, your new understanding of ideas, or maybe even it is, it is an understanding of a way to think about something that you find a new invention or an advancement in your job or advancement in your personal life. That's why it gets a little self-helpy, but it's also directly related to understanding knowledge. So the point is, this creative thinking is used in all areas of life, and that's why it's important. So go out there and start molding reality. And thanks for listening, uh, as always. Um, yeah, use the links below, and tune in next time. Peace.